0: The Easter story according to St. Luke, chapter 24. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood before them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living amongst the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles, But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. The understated, perhaps the overlooked message delivered by those two men shining in the dark. That overlooked message was remember how he told you. Remember how Jesus told you all the way from the days of Galilee. Of course, they hadn't remembered. They were there with their spices. They hadn't remembered at all. We are inherently forgetful. Every one of us. All ages, we are inherently forgetful. We forget lunch appointments we have made with our best friend. We forget promises that we made on a stack of Bibles. We forget the names of our neighbors who have lived next to us for 20 years. I came close once to missing a wedding. No, it was not my own. It was one that I officiated here at Mulberry Street back when I was a lot younger than I am now. It occurred to me at the last moment on a Saturday afternoon, I was supposed to be here. I rushed down Vineville Avenue like it was NASCAR, threw my robe on, and as the bridesmaids were walking down the aisle, strode calmly in as if nothing Had happened. Every one of us has a story like that that we can tell on ourselves. Memory researchers say to us that all of us are more forgetful now than ever before. There is so much stress. There are so many changes to life. We aren't sleeping well. We are multitasking. One uh, neuro uh, researcher says that our brains are like a computer with too many tabs open all at once. All of us are plagued with this. But the women, the women forgot him saying he would rise from the dead? They forgot that he had said that death couldn't keep him down? They forgot that he said to them, nails cannot hold me? They forgot that That he said I'm going to laugh and live with you and teach again that that surely they couldn't forget that easy for us to say from our pews they came that morning with heavy hearts they were in shock perhaps they were ashamed of themselves They were traumatized, heartbroken, exhausted. Perhaps replaying it in their minds. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and Luke says, and other women. Not a one of them remembered. Let it be noted, though, that there was a whole group of them. I like it that you know, all of the stories have women. Luke names three and then says there were a bunch more whose names he doesn't even give. There is strength in numbers when you're broken. That's another sermon. Don't have time for that one today. But, but when they were shattered, they were still faithful, and they came in their brokenness. And When they get to this tomb and it is empty, Luke says they were terrified, but here's another flower for the women. They were terrified, but they stood their ground. He's not here. Well, that was obvious. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? Remember how he told you the first Easter was a memory lesson. Remember how he told you uh, from Galilee on that he would be handed over to sinners. He would be crucified and on the third day rise from the dead. You know, I don't think they literally forgot that. I think they heard it clearly. They evaluated it. And they dismissed it. Going to go to Jerusalem? Yeah, we got that. You're going to get handed over? Yeah, we got that. Uh, You're going to get crucified? Yeah, we got that. But, But this part about rising from the dead? Well, it wasn't the only outrageous thing Jesus had ever said. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. They probably dismissed that one, too. Sell all you have, and... Follow me, they probably dismissed that. Jesus said outrageous stuff all the time. You got to forgive somebody 70 times 7? This is my body? This is my blood? Turn the other cheek? How many other things had they not forgotten, but just dismissed? Remember how he told you. Those words are addressed not just to those women, they're addressed to us. Oh, you absent minded, memory challenged people. Remember how he told you. We can talk a good talk in the church he was crucified dead and buried on the third day he rose from the dead we say and ascended into heaven we we believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting we we talk a good talk but life drags us down and those things that we sometimes say with our lips we we kind of forget memory researchers if this may make you Old people, not me. This may make you old people feel better. Memory researchers say that our memory peaks at age 20. Age 20. And so we all are, 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 are coming with Easter amnesia. We carry our own heavy burdens into this sanctuary we are in our own ways many of us shaking our heads fretting about our tomorrows trying to whistle in the dark There is, for most of us, at one point or another, uh, even though we know the affirmations, there is this insidious voice whispering in our head, and doubts, nag, and questions taunt us. I've been studying the resurrection window this last week. Uh, Those of you who are all the way back in that corner are ill-equipped, to really see this resurrection window from your perspective, but I, hopefully you 've studied it at other times uh, you know you know there 's interesting about this last year. Um, sometimes I sit on this bench here, but a lot of times i 'm sitting over there where Tommy is, and while you 're sitting over there, it is easy to study this window. Not that i haven 't been listening to you tommy and and Marcus um, but, but <laughs> But I've been studying this window, particularly this week. Now, you understand that all of these windows are an artist's imagination. And particularly this window, in some ways, because none of the Gospels really portray Jesus getting out of this tomb. It's not anywhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. That's very the gospels are tastefully leave that to our imagination. And the artist has depicted it here. I've always rather liked the soldiers who are droopy or passed out. Uh, you can only get so much in a window, but I want to tell you who got cheated in this window. It's the women. The women always get cheated. And, and it bothers me in this window because there's one thing that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all agree on. They were women. The women were the first witnesses. And there's not a woman to be seen anywhere in here. And that bothers me. But I won't quibble with the artist too much because he did a good job. He just shouldn't have left out the women. But there's one part of this window that has really appealed to me this last week, and it might be something you don't notice right away. It is that gaping, dark, ominous black hole. It's the only black that I know of, really, on any of these windows is this gaping black hole. Astrophysicists can talk all they want about black holes out in space, but I don't know of anything that is scarier than that black hole right there. Emptiness, gloom, despair, depression. And if you're depressed, for instance, the last place you want to come is to church on Easter Sunday where everyone else is trying to act happy. That black hole represents nothingness, massacres, death, death knocking on our door, failure. I'm glad it's there. I'm glad it's there because we don't deny these things in the church We acknowledge that there are thorns in our side and that death is not only death but all kinds of dying is is depicted in that ugly black hole. But there is, of course, that other element and that is that the black hole is in the background and Jesus resurrection is in the foreground now again not to take issue with our uh, wonderful artist but if I had been if I had the skill to do this I wouldn't have Jesus face looking quite so serene I'd have a big grin on his face from ear to ear man he would be smiling like yeah I told you so I told you so. I knew all along this wasn't going to work. I mean, I I like the serenity, but I would love a smile a whole lot better. Where's thy victory, boasting grave? And one other thing, I'm going to just take a guess on this, because you you can interpret it how you want. But I think Jesus is uh, skipping out of the tomb. The toes on his left foot are getting ready to curl over the ledge of that tomb. His right foot is back just a little bit. I mean, how do you get out of a tomb anyway? If you're Jesus, you are smiling and skipping. The Lord of the dance is he. Dance, dance wherever you can be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. He's skipping out of this tomb and he's getting ready to break into a smile if he's not there already. Remember what he said to you. Remember what he said. But, but, but this is not just about Jesus' resurrection. Put yourself in that window. I mean, the resurrection of Jesus is an unbelievable miracle, but we are here not just because of that. We're here to remind ourselves of our victories. Because I live, you shall live also. I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you will be. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The hairs of your head are numbered. Christ is the first fruits of many. Easter is the most disruptive event ever to happen. It upsets every apple cart. It extinguishes every dark hole. And it ought to come upon us over and over as amazing surprise. Preachers spend a lot of time in the hospitals. I was in a hospital one day when there, and there's always announcements. You know, I hear them over the loudspeaker. You know, I never understand them. You know, Code Yellow... Code some color or other, you know, they're always just kind of said in kind of a monotone. They don't want people like me to know what they're really saying. But one day I heard an announcement I never heard before. It it, it said, Robert Morrison, please return to room 670. And I thought to myself, go for it, Robert. (laughs) Don't come back. And in my own warped sense of humor, I could, and in my imagination, I could see Robert in a hospital gown running down the floor, and I could see people from every room coming out to their doors and they're cheering him on, "Go, Robert, go!" And down at the front entrance is a car that's running, and the accomplices are sitting there, you know, waiting for Robert to jump in so that he can drive off. And I was cheering for Robert. Don't go back to room 670. That's Easter. This is Easter uh, in Christ, all of us. Uh, 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 The world is flowing in a different direction. Remember what he told you. We know it, but we don't know it. We remember, but we forget, and so we come on Easter to remember again. We've been remembering here for 196 Easter's now in this church on this corner. The church has been remembering for 2,000 years. And you say to the preacher, well, what what new can you say? There is nothing new to say. We're not coming here to hear something new. We're coming to remember. Luke's account is very generous. He doesn't scold the women. He says, they remembered. They remembered. And they went to tell the others. Today, I remember and I rejoice. I'll see you next Easter for another memory lesson.